Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. This is the um, episode for the Scorpio New Moon, which will take place on October the 28th, um, London time at 3.38 a.m., and it will be at four degrees and 24 minutes of Scorpio. But first, quick introductions from us. I'll go first this time. Um, I'm Louise Eddington. I am a soul astrologer and an author. Um, I authored Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find Your Soul's True Purpose, that was released, published about in November last year. And I've just finished writing my second book that's going to be published um, early in the new year, which I'm very excited about. And so I'll tell you where to find me at the end. So, and Jen. Hi, I'm Jen Duchenne, and I'm an Akashic healer, reader, numerologist, and uh, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. Um, and I help my clients to clear things that are in the way of them being able to live a free life and jen is uh, coming from beautiful sunny south africa <laughs> with birds tweeting and i've it's dark outside here because it's early morning here we had to kind of find a time where we could both do it and now uh, it's just getting like i've got my event right. angel behind me because it feels very yeah Right. Um, and I have a weird storm that suddenly started as soon as the reason I decided to get on. Suddenly this weird energy is floating around. So I think that's... Uh, yeah, if Jen mutes herself suddenly, she's moving inside and I'll just keep it going till she's set up again. So, <laughs> oh, interesting times. Because, of course, we're recording this just before the... Uh, Aries full moon which is really powerful we recorded on the last episode so uh, and we're under a Pisces moon that's making everything very weird weathery and things like that so, <laughs> so forgive us if it kind of gets a bit interrupted <laughs> so I'm going to show my card first for a change I think um, yes but it's kind of funny we've both pulled the cards separately as we always do and we got very similarities as always but this is the card for the uh, new moon on the 28th. And I got the tower card, which is the Mars card. And this feels very appropriate to me because Mars is the old ruler of Scorpio. And, um, and this new moon is opposing Uranus and it's likely to bring some real kind of uh, destruction to reform new things, which is what the tower card is about. Really it's collapse of the old and uh, bringing in the new with the, uh, you know this amazing eye of Horus coming in and and saying you know let's create the new and then we've got the lovely dove of peace as well and this Chinese symbol over here um with um that's kind of a symbol of renewal as well so a lot of people when they see the tower card they kind of get very like oh but the point of the tower card is that it's to make way for the new so um Please think of that because that's what this new moon is about. Okay. So Jen's card's so, so similar. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is really funny because it's 16. Of course, the tower card in the tarot is the number and 16. This is 16. And this, <laughs> yeah. All right. And this actually has a little tower here. You can, I don't know if you can see it there, but it's like a tower falling. So it's very interesting. We kind of got the same or similar energy, although this, the, the, um, the story of this card and the colors are a little different. Uh, in fact, this is the way I look at it. For those who can't see, it's inside a cave, a woman approaching, it's in water. This, um, what would you call this? It's like a um, representation of the divine. And I think there is also an eye of Horus here, which is interesting. So it's kind of this woman approaching in the water. There are. Um, what do you call these? Those are the, what is, it, is it a turtle? No, it's the beetle. The um, Oh, scarab beetle. The scarab, right? So it's the Egyptian. So it's funny, they both have Egyptian uh, kind of uh, references. Uh, and there's lightning and she's approaching and she has like a scarab thing on her back. And the way I see this card to me is it's one of those moments when you are willing to 
do what is very important to you. So you're willing to take the journey that means that you have to disrupt who you have been in order to travel into the depths of your soul, the depths of whatever it is you're here to do. It's a, to me, this is about commitment, like you're committing to a sacred path. And of course, that ties in with the tower because the tower reminds us that we are, everything's changing, that what we have worshipped or looked up to is taking its turn, it's falling to the bottom, it's losing its value. And so now things, different things are moving up and it's up to us, right? Up to us to follow the, the calling mm-hmm. of uh, where we need to go in order to take back our own ownership of who we are, ownership of the world we want to live in. And 16 is an interesting number because it makes seven, which is all about being uh, a seeker in a sense, seeker of wisdom, but it is also about trusting our intuition. And I think that we are definitely entering a new time where we will need to make quick decisions and uh, trust our intuition. We won't have a lot of time to sit around thinking about it. We're going to have to take quick action based on what we know to be true as opposed to what we think we're supposed to be doing. Or on what we've been told we should be doing as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that, you know, that think is being told, right? We're trying to figure out, oh, what am I supposed to do according to the rules, right? The shoulds. (laughs) Right, exactly. So back to this new moon. Um, So as I mentioned, the new moon is at four degrees of Scorpio, uh, four degrees, 24 minutes but it's almost exactly opposing uh, Uranus and it's in what's called an um, applying aspect. So it's only by 12 solar minutes apart and the the planets are moving towards each other or the planets and the sun and the moon are more moving towards each other. So it's a very powerful aspect with Uranus over there in Taurus. And um, a couple of other things we have going on on that that we'll talk about are that um, Mars is in Libra and square to Saturn in Capricorn. And I'll talk a little bit about that being a closing quarter square, as we've, as I've been talking a lot about in my blog as well. And um, we also have um, the ruler of Libra is Venus, and she is in Scorpio. So Mars and Libra, uh, Mars and Venus are in what's called mutual reception, each in the signs of each other's rulership because Mars is the traditional ruler of Scorpio but Venus is lined up at 24 degrees with Pallas Athena at 25 and Mercury at 26 Scorpio and Mercury turns retrograde three days after this new moon. Um, I did want to mention as well that Venus rules Taurus where Uranus is as well. So there's a couple of other things we'll probably refer to but um, why don't we just dive in with the numbers first? Yes, exciting. Actually, I was just thinking about the sensation that I feel or what's coming as you were talking was this kind of energy of a tidal wave uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and kind of this approach of this energy that's very um, active and sweeping things out of the way. Uh, and yes, we are in a 13 universal month. Uh, as some of you may know, we're in a 12 universal year. And so um, October is a one or a 10 month. So the beauty of October is it's always giving us a reflection of the next year because it's a one. So we know we're in a 12. So next year, it well, it's going to be a four. We are 13 this month, but when you add one and three, it makes four. And next year, 2020, that will make a four. So we're getting like a mini... Uh, experience of 2020 so this we know we're being prepped for what's to come because I feel like all of the things and the signs are pointing all the things we think we know how it's going to be and what we've experienced is basically it's going to be way more than we expect it's going to be totally unexpected so we actually can't plan for it so the 13 it's, as we've mentioned before, a very powerful number because it is about the divine feminine. It is about taking, moving through chaos or being moved into a new space. Mm-hmm. And then this day is a 28. So we have another 10 
in space because two and eight make 10, which makes one. So again, one is about new beginnings, moving forward. We know October is about that. And here we have the same experience that's happening with this actual moon. It's a new moon. It's in Scorpio. So we know there's going to be a lot of that energy, things coming to the surface, change coming, habits changing, secrets coming up. Uh, so it's perfect for the 13 because we think about 13, and I mean the month, uh, it's about this idea of shifting the God or what we have trusted. People have told us 13 is unlucky and that's all bullshit. So now we begin to see the divine power of the 13. But when it reduces to a four, then we know that our honor is at stake. This is about discipline and um, integrity and paying attention to the details and really forming a new structure a new foundation and we have the moon and sun at four degrees and we have uranus at four degrees so it is very much about taking ideas or things we've talked about for all these years and making it real but we make it real by really designing and planning and measuring so we need to be detail oriented we need to pay attention to what's happening we need to choose the path we're taking. Mm. All of that four is about manifesting what we desire through discipline, through work, through measurement, through deciding. We just cannot hold up our hands anymore and go, oh, well, I'll leave it to someone else, whatever they want. This is very much about what we are deciding to do and taking the responsibility for it. And I think having this, these numbers repeated, knowing that 2020 is all about four, right? Twos mm. and fours. So it's all about manifestation, bringing ideas to life in a new way, materializing what we desire. Um, and having that energy awakening us right now in Scorpio, which is about this kind of shaking the ground we're walking on in a sense, with Uranus uh, also at their four. So I think it's really a fascinating kind of, almost like we're... Totally. Sorry, right? Yeah. It's this thing, we're moving into, it's a moving landscape. And what is what we can hold on to is the actions and thoughts we have and what we put attention to, like being honorable, measuring, integrity. I often talk about integrity in terms of, a table has four legs. A house, you know, has four, four whatever to give it stability, right? It's about stability of a new idea. Like we can come and have, oh, I love this great idea. But if we don't actually have a way to mm. uh, make it real, like in your case, Lou, with the uh, this new book you have, yeah. right? Here's some new ideas, but they still need to be foundation. It needs to be written so people can understand it and go, oh, I can step into a new place because I have a foundation. I have a shape, a structure that can help me stabilize new ideas. And I think that's really the essence of the numerology in this is helping us to understand that stability comes through our thoughts and our actions. It's not just like, oh, what am I going to do? These terrible things are happening. It's like, okay, well, here's the, you know, here's the tools. Now you need to start to actually measure out and plan what's where you're going the direction of where you're going well, i love that jen um described it as feeling like a tidal wave because of course scorpio is the deepest water sign it's like the very deep ocean and of course tidal waves come up from the depths of the ocean after an earthquake they don't kind of, they're not like little surface water waves they come from very deep places and Scorpio is such a deep water sign. And it's also about your deep psyche. And I love some of the other words Jen mentioned about this. With this, you know, we've got the sun, the moon, Venus, Pallas, Athena, and Mercury all in Scorpio, with Mercury stationing to turn retrograde. So at his, his still point, we've got this, and it's a fixed sign too. So we've got this deep fixed energy. And Jen used words like determination and things like that. And I always think of those is very scorpionic um i've got a very scorpionic daughter and i've never known anybody so determined she's just like <laughs> she sets her mind on something that you know it's it's like obsession and <laughs> and that's good there, there is that kind of feel and then we have uranus at the opposite point 
in another fixed sign. So Uranus is there to shake things up. He's a, you know, he's the Lord of lightning bolts. He's a benevolent kind of rebellious shake the table kind of energy, but he, he's in a, um, Taurus, which is the most earthly sign. I would be um, not surprised at all if there are literal kind of earthquakes and tidal waves around this period of this new moon, but as without, so within, you know, they're, they're happening within you too. But, you know, I, I don't see this as something to fear. I see this as a kind of a tidal wave of inner strength coming out of, of being shaken out of um, complacency, if you like, um, to know that you have to fix things in place, which is the fixed signs. They like to very much make things manifest and real um, and and do it from the depths of your soul. So, you know, the numbers and the astrology is always very much in alignment with all of that. And I do want to talk quickly about this um, Mars Saturn square, because again, you'll hear a lot of things like, oh, it's like one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a good phrase for any Mars Saturn um, um, aspect because Mars likes to go, go, go. And Saturn likes to move slowly and deliberately. But um, this one is a closing quarter square or a third quarter square. And we've just been going through a series of these um, closing squares to Saturn and Pluto. And Mars will square Pluto next. And these are what's called a crisis in consciousness. This last, uh, this will be the last third quarter square of all the planets moving towards Saturn and Pluto as they approach their major conjunction in January. And we'll be talking a bit more like, um, about that when we answer a question at the end. But um, it, it's called a crisis in consciousness because it's kind of looking back over what we've done, where we're at, what we now need to let go of, um, what we need to shed for the next period between now and January. And and Mars is in Libra, and it, as Jen said, it's not very comfortable in there, but I'm, I'm not a fan of the language of astrology that says detriment and all those things. <laughs> Mars, Mars, in, Mars is a little bit pushy and likes to get things done, and Libra likes to smooth things out. So there's an element here of um, uncomfortable, making you uncomfortable to make you do the work i think really <laughs> i always think there's a purpose to these um to these aspects and this is about again it's about will and drive to get things done because if you look at the positive qualities of both mars and saturn they like to take action they like to build they like to um create, create. new projects and and all that kind of stuff. So for the next period from this new moon to when Mars hits Saturn after January, um, then, you know, we're being asked to really put everything in place to create these new things. So, yeah. I'll stop now for a minute. And let yeah. You know. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. I think it's all fascinating because I'm just thinking about how when you make something, for instance, if you're making a pot or you do ceramics, pottery or something, there are all these phases. And so the phase of, um, you know, you've shaped it and you've put it, whatever, you're getting it ready to put in the oven mm -hmm. and then you polish, right? So you smooth it out. So there's this fast action. Oh, here's my shape. I'm making it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the slow action of kind of, making sure everything is kind of, is this all perfect to go in the oven so it won't burn or break or something. Um, and that's kind of what came to mind is this, when were you actually building something as we have? So Mars is bringing its, uh, it's our um, libido. It's our energy. It's our fire. that mm -hmm. goes, right. I'm so connected to my cause. I'm going to take action. And Saturn does want us to take action, and so does the fixed signs, as you were saying. Even though we have Uranus who wants change, he, he, he's looking at us to make a change. for. This is a revolutionary change for a long period of time. Yeah. So it isn't like, oh, 
I just making something for tomorrow. This is uh, something that has longevity. So we need to think about what is the deliberation of making something last. That means we're going to build and be excited about it. Then we're going to make it. Then we're going to stand back and say, well, does it need to be polished or cleaned or go in the oven? What is the next steps? And thinking about it in those terms instead of, oh, I'm so irritated that I can't move forward. But just taking those moments, those pauses to go, what is it that I can do right now while things are in pause? What extra polish can I give? Uh, you know, you think about the number four and all of the stuff we're talking about. What's so interesting about the four is this is a number. Yes, it's it's about square. It's about fixed. It, 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 it's about, um, you know, being in a space, right? You're in a certain space. You can't get out. You need to deal with it. Uh, and it can make people like stubborn. Like I, I wanted my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're building something new, you actually do want it your way. You do need to have it a certain way or talk about it to people and make sure. There's also the aspect of discipline, which comes from the word disciple. Like when you're a disciple to something, you know, whether it's a religion or a belief system or uh, building something beautiful, you have to be disciplined enough to go, what does it need? So that, you know, if I'm building a table, I want to make sure the legs are not, one isn't shorter than the other, right? And that takes liberation, takes, you know, maybe you have to do it over and over again, and that's okay. So instead of getting impatient, going, I do want the grounding or the foundation to be perfect. So even if I mess up and I do it over, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And because that gives you, like when you have that strong foundation, you can leap off and do amazing things. And you build a sturdy table, you can embellish it and do whatever you want, add another piece on it, right? But you can only do that if the base is really solid. Yes, if the foundation's there. I liken it to my writing, actually. You know, the first two books, you know, I'm obviously very proud of them, but to my mind, they are foundations for something else I want to do as well. And I'm already starting to write my third one. <laughs> yeah. know, the second one's in editing, you know, it's, um, so I'm kind of done the most of the work on that one. So, uh, but, and so I'm kind of embellishing my writing. It's kind of the more you write them because I built the foundation of my writing and created my voice. So whatever it is in your life, you know, there's something there that you've been working on that is going to be built added to foundations that as uh, Jen said I did want to talk a little bit more about this lineup of Venus um, Pallas Athena and Mercury at 24 25 26 um, Scorpio as well Um, Venus as I said rules Libra and Taurus so she's in there kind of making uh, digging into the depths of um, I I see Scorpio as well you know there's so such a deep sign as your um, buried treasure, your inner gold. Um, I kind of see Venus as kind of mining that inner gold and inner treasure um, at this point. And there she is next to what I think of as her sister, um, Pallas Athena, because we have the Venus symbol is the cross of matter with the orb on top. And then Pallas Athena is the cross of matter with a square or diamond on top. And she... um, Pallas Athena is also associated with Libra and Venus is kind of a bit more the evening star Venus if we talk about uh, the Venus cycle um, and we're in the evening star phase right now and Pallas Athena is kind of more morning star Venus she's the more uh, warrior like but in a strategic way so we've got the two pairing up together right next to each other um, in the sign of Scorpio, digging into the depths. I think there's going to be much more corruption revealed with all this kind of stuff. Interestingly, Ronan Ronan Farrow releases his book next week about um, um, Harvey Weinstein and all the, um, and how Harvey Weinstein um, hired this Israeli um, firm called Black Cube to kind of harass and tail and, um, and, and really like, you know, threaten all the people that were exposing him during that wow. time. 
I know it's quite there's some excerpts been in um the New Yorker if anybody wants to go and look for them you can find them or on Ronan Farrow's Twitter that's on there and it's fascinating stuff about these you know um these spies that kind of kind of infiltrated into the thing and it's all this kind of stuff you know it's not just about Ronan Farrow of course or Weinstein uh, um raising his head there's going to be more about our governments to come out both usa and uk and other ones of course israel's associated with this black cube one there's there's going to be so much revealed with this new moon i think into and going into this new moon and then of course add in mercury right next to that as well and mercury being at the station point and going into a retrograde and um and in Scorpio, Mercury always digs up some secrets and information. Always. <laughs> <laughs> but in your own yes. life, in your own life, it can be. Um, it can also mean deep ideas and things like that. It doesn't always have to be deep dark secrets. Sometimes it's kind of secrets that are hidden within you that you know you've kind of squashed down. You've not acknowledged. So it can come up out of you in all this. Right. Uh, I think it's very interesting. I was just, you know, as I'm listening to, you know, how it goes, things Mm -hmm. are coming to your mind. But I didn't mention that uh, this day in numerology is actually a 14 day. And 14 is the number. It's your number, right? It's the media number where things will be expressed. So we have this desire to not only have an idea, but to express it out in the world, to be heard. And if you think about our desires that are deeply buried, especially about Scorpio, this idea of having what people call death and taxes and other people's money kind of idea, where we've done things to please others so that we would be, um, we'd get the money we needed to live in the life for whatever reason, whatever we chose, it really doesn't matter if we chose to go along with it, if we chose to rebel against it, uh, all of these things that have suppressed who we really are underneath that is now kind of it's all cracking so all the stuff is coming to the surface and we're going oh so our secrets uh, or beliefs about people we may blurt them out i mean not knowing like oh this is what i really think about you right or we may (laughs) or we may discover right we may discover things about other people that we had no idea I think the beauty of this, to me, when I think about Scorpio, the greatest energy, and it is a transformative sign because it is ruled by Pluto. So this, the tower energy is very much this in this area, like we oh, yeah. talked about, the 16. It's very much about that, that we get to choose where we want to focus. We can focus on, oh, you did, you did me wrong, you did all this, and I think... Uh, we have gone and are still going through a phase like that in the Me Too movement and other movements where people felt I've never been hurt. Now I get my chance. I'm not going to shut up for a while. I'm just going to keep making a noise, which is great. But then we have to go to the next step, which is what all these fours are about. We need to take action based not necessarily on punishing someone else, because I think that's kind of a waste of time it is uh, but there is an but, energy of retribution in scorpio well well exactly and retribution is fine i think yeah. you know there's different ways to do rep- retribution for me i was actually talking to somebody earlier and they were saying you know we we're talking about like here are all these people you know in the government or people we know bullies like harvey weinstein who basically uh decided how things would be Mm-hmm. And went along and hired people to make sure or, you know, made sure everyone just did whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And the way to me to kind of punish these people, there's not really punishment, yeah. It's, yeah. is to move attention away from them. So it, because every... Sideline them. Kind of thing. Right. You want to sideline them. Because the thing is, we have been engaged with these people. We're going, you did this, you did that. Or maybe they were doing it and we didn't say anything, but we felt it. Mm. now we want to just kind of move like oh okay you can do that but i'm not going to engage with you i'm not going to i don't even want to talk to you or or be in your sphere because you have no interest in who i am so i'm just going to go around you and do what i want and at some point these people are just going to go oh where's everybody like no one is here right so to me that is 
kind of, you know, that's the best oh, retribution, right? Me, I was not suggesting people go out and do revenge. Um, I'm just saying there is that energy in Scorpio. You might feel right. like you want to, but Jen's advice is the healthier way of dealing. <laughs> Although I do it. But I've, got my, I've got my avenging angel behind me if anybody's watching <laughs> and I had I did it for my group call yesterday and it's the perfect picture at the moment though because it is an angel and really if you look at the energy of an avenging angel they do it for the good they they do the good they don't go around and kill people avenging angels they they get their vengeance by um doing what Jen suggested really and you know cutting out those people and uh, and um you know even there's a film called Avenging Angel and I was reading a synopsis about it before I did my group call yesterday and they were saying this guy never killed anybody unless um unless they had to kind of thing right you know right. There were, he was so he got his vengeance in different ways in very healthy ways for the good of kind of the oppressed people so it's kind of got that feel to it more um you know it feels like the the depths of the people rising up as well we see it with you know Greta Thunberg and and the the green activists all the other young people that are going around with her and um the extinction rebellion in in um in many parts of the world right now it's it's kind of got this surge of t- tidal wave of people rising up right. you know exactly yeah right so there is that that energy of when we think about um redemption or what was the word you used um avenging avenging or whatever this is all about redemption in a sense like we are not and to, the truth be told like if you actually kill somebody which i'm not saying go do it but for those who do it's like they get they get to escape it's the easy way out i know they have to come back and all that but yeah the thing is it's so much better to make them have an experience that's actually going to change them like we can't change people but by doing things differently their experience will be different and they'll be forced to chase after us like we've been doing like making it easy for them now we're not going to make it easy for them so um I mean, that to me is the best revenge. But um, yeah, I can, I can feel, <laughs> I can really, I can really feel all this coming. And, and Jen's right. It's mm-hmm. not just this new moon. Of course, we've got a lot of other things coming up as well. And we'll keep talking about it. But I can really feel like the whole house of cards is starting to tumble, including Hollywood, governments, everything, all the uh, facade and um you know the um the elites all playing with each other like you know oh we've all got money now like ellen degeneres um is now good friends with george w bush for god's sake right Right. (laughs) funny how uh people's um principles change when they have money but that's the old way we have to remember that so many it's being revealed yes right it is being revealed and then we begin to go okay that's bullshit yeah. You know, don't come with your excuses. You know what? If you want to have be friends with George Bush or anyone, do it. I don't yeah. care. But don't make excuses about, um, or don't explain to us why you're doing it. That's yeah. that's holy. We've got to be kind and loving. Too. Right. Yeah. I, and yeah. actually, I was going to bring up that point because I think this is also the other part of redemption is, and I know I can see it in myself because you know, with all my upbringing of being, you know, and being a woman, mm-hmm. always kind of turning the cheek and making sure other people are are comfortable. And and sometimes there can be that energy when you're in the middle of doing something where you feel that force, like you've got to go forward. Uh, And if you are being forceful, it's because you need to do something, right? And uh, there can be that pushback that makes you kind of go, oh, should I be, you know, should I start being like overly kind or something? Uh, Or, you know, conscientious about someone else that that's the stuff we kind of have to sweep out of the way and go no I can't do that stuff I can't be so like you know in the old days we probably would have uh, said with Ellen DeGeneres oh yes that's okay go ahead you know but it also doesn't mean you have to be unkind or unloving no, it just no. means you don't have to you don't have to bend yes then you flex to someone else's ideal they can have it as they should they should have yeah. the idea right yeah. 
like to me, I wouldn't want to be buddies with George Bush because, you know, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things he did. Uh, uh, and I don't see him going and saying, I regret what I did. Um, I don't wish so, him harm either. I just want, No, I don't wish him harm either. I just want him to be sidelined, like you said. You know, right. let's just so, forget he exists almost. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Put him in the back seat. But by giving him attention and then making excuses and saying, we've got yeah. to be kind. Like, why aren't you kind to regular people, right? Yeah. If you've got to be kind, right? Be kind to, uh, uh, you know. So, yeah, double standards. I think this is what we're talking about in terms of Scorpio, double standards revealed. Also remembering the four is about things that are out of integrity. And I know, I don't know if we've talked, I think we've talked about quite a bit, but Mm -hmm. just this whole energy we're in is whatever is out of integrity. In in other words, whatever is a a three-legged table or a a four-legged table with with a lump, yeah. It's going to be exposed and shown up. So that's why all of these things are coming up because they're coming into our face for us to make a choice and go, hey, I'm not buying into that bullshit or I am buying into it, whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it, to bring it down to uh, not just Hollywood and politics right. and things like that, just like the people, Jen and I both come kind of come from the coaching world, you know, there, there's it's been happening and I think it's going to happen some more. There's, you know, certain um coaches you know they portray that they've got this perfect lifestyle they have the amazing photo shoots with you know like on the beach with their beautiful dress and everything and then they but they're making no money (laughs) (laughs) and they're coaching everybody else how to make money but whereas they're spending all that any money they do make on these photo shoots and things and i think jen and i have both been there to a little degree as well but um but, you know, it's, it's that things like that are being exposed. And it's not just about any of these individuals. It's it's anywhere where it's out of integrity and not uh, not real and not deep. Okay. Right. And it's not genuine. The thing yeah. is, even we, all of us, no matter how spiritual and how blah, blah, blah we are, each of us has to go through our own journey right now of going, where am I being fake? Where am I pretending about something that has no value for me? Where am I making it easy for other people to walk all over me? Because yes. it all comes back to us, right? And that's what it is. Go ahead. I was going to say it's that the love and light brigade has been bugging me lately with all this energy building. And, you know, again, I don't, they're well-meaning. I don't mean anything. But it's it's this spiritual override of... Oh, you know, love and light, love and light. Just focus on the love and light. And yes, they're right to a degree. Can't focus on the dark <laughs> all the time. You also can't ignore the dark. It's it's just right. the genuineness that Jen Jen talked about. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah. And I yeah. Sorry, you were going to say. Oh, go on. No, no, it's oh I was just going to say I, I I can only look at examples in my own life. Mm. You know where I can see myself kind of telling other people to do things that I don't do, yeah. right? Or saying, oh, you should do this. This is the best way to handle it. And number one, they probably don't want my advice unless they pay me for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two, it's so easy to tell people what to do. Oh, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But to do it can be so painful. Like when you have to deal with family and issues that come up and you actually have to talk to them about uncomfortable things. You know, sometimes it just feels like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. I just want to go back to where everything was just, we just all pretended together. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely coming up for me as well, you know. Where have I been out of integrity at times? You know, I'm sure I have. And I know I have because I've discovered sometimes and I'm trying to do better. When you know better, you do better to, uh, um, you know, to quote, who was that? Somebody. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but I think the big picture here is what I appreciate about the Love and Light Brigade or whatever is the way I take it is we gotta mind our own business. And I mean that in both ways. Stop paying attention to other people's business, stop like living in fairyland about thinking it'll all be okay, just like people think about like Trump. If he gets out of office, everything will go back to normal. 
that's total bullshit. Like we have to still do different things in order to change it. So what are we doing? That's we, our business. We brought Trump into the into the right, right. And you know, I mean, and if people don't like collectively. Right. No, I'm not talking about votes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, and he's working for the divine. I mean, we don't like to think about uh, the fact that often the divine comes in very ugly form, right? We want to think, oh, it's going to be a beautiful angel that's going to show up and teach us what to do. And then usually it's someone like, <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, moving on. Yes. I did also want to address that fact that Mercury here helping us to, to, to change our minds. Remember, remembering Uranus is the higher energy connecting us to divine ideas, to the galactic energies. And Mercury is helping us to translate this so that we can, you know, that our brains don't burst, that we can recognize, we can have new ideas, new thoughts. We can entertain an idea that we can think and treat people differently Mm -hmm. by changing our minds. So minding our own business is really important. And as Lou was saying, I think it's highly significant that we have these two major females right there with the sun and moon. It's kind of like they're going, okay, we're here to both sides of of that energy is like lining up together yeah right yeah we we haven't talked about jupiter and series no we haven't and that's that's the law and natural laws to my mind they're right there together because series is connected with the natural cycles you know the harvest and um growing seasons and all that kind of energy and also of grief and forgiveness because of her daughter being kidnapped by Pluto there. Um, and then Jupiter in Sagittarius is going a, a right pelt at the moment. Now he's um, out of his retrograde. And the two of them are bringing us to, to my mind, to um, being asked to live in more alignment with natural law rather than man-made law. So, right. Yeah. I also think it's, you know, what's significant, I think it's, well, first of all, they're in Sagittarius, which is about new ideas. They're adopting new ideas or fiery, bringing a fire, like burning away the old and lighting a fire to the new. Um, When you think about, well, first of all, they were a couple that were deeply in love at some point. And if you go back in the history, Mm -hmm. whatever you call it, I don't know if it's called history when it's uh, mythology. You go back, uh, and then they kind of drifted apart by music, by anger. They were angry with each other, and I think this is an opportunity right now for them to to showcase the idea that we can be in harmony with our masculine and feminine. We can be in harmony with the idea of having natural law as well as bringing in new ideas or technical stuff or something that's not made of nature. Um, making us realize there's all these ways we can work together. Uh, Just the story of Ceres, when you look at her whole story of here she was harvesting, using the material she had, Mm -hmm. which I think is important for all of us to think about. We can't change the world when we're thinking about, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have money, I don't have that, but we can change it where we are in in material, whatever it is called, that place place where we are. We can begin to change who we are and how we work with the material we have. Mm-hmm. And when her daughter was kidnapped, right, she had went through that grieving and she, like, we got winter, which is great, right? There's the balance of, okay, the land needs to lie fallow and coming to terms with the fact that her daughter would only show up a certain time, mm-hmm. times of the year. I think there's a big history lesson here for us, like going like, I want it to be like this and maybe life is going, it's not going to be like this. So you can, let's come to a compromise. Let's, let's look at what's really important. I really need to see my daughter. Okay. Well, you can really see her for three months, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, And, and, you know, all of that legend of going to the depths of your soul to give up the things that you thought were so important. Mm -hmm. Right. The idea that oh I gotta hold on to my ideals I gotta hold on to my beliefs because who will I be without them uh, right yeah mm-hmm. 
for sure. You know, I love the two of together. Of course, this this is just past their exact conjunction. Ceres is now moving ahead of Jupiter, so we we have it just before the new moon, and um, and it's everything's happening on my chart. This these two connect exactly on my sun. The new moon is on my midheaven. <laughs> like, come on. No, I'm loving it really. But um, so I'm feeling it very deeply. But then the two of them are going to um, move forward and travel over the galactic center. And, and that's going to bring in some new information because they're going to track each other for a little while. And the galactic center is what it, exactly what it says. It's the center of our galaxy. It's um, a big... Uh, supermassive black hole right at the center of the milky way that sucks out old information and gives out new and of course sagittarius is the teacher too so there's an right. idea of being taught something here we are being taught something by the universe so yes it feels very regenerative for mm. me anyway it feels like and it's interesting that they were meeting at 22 which again is mm. the four as well as uh, you know representing the the year next year the 2020 when you put the two together we take away the zeros you have 20 and 22 is where everything's right. meeting in january as well right and yeah. 2020 that vision some yeah. people say 2020 vision you have perfect vision uh -huh. i don't know if that's actually true but it's a great sounds great yeah uh, but this regenerative force of allowing ourselves to to let bygones be bygones you know, in the sense of, yes, you harmed me, you did these awful things, and I am moving beyond that. I've set my peace. I am, I, I have, I'm setting my boundaries. Four is also about boundaries. I'm setting my boundaries. This is how I need going forward. You're either with me or we'll just keep going in our own direction, which I think is a very powerful message uh, as well, recognizing the balancing of, uh, the two aspects of ourselves, the, the polarity of our world, right, is that people are different. We have different ideas. We exactly. Yeah, no, no, nothing's ever going to be exactly equal as well, you know, but it can be egalitarian. So, you know. Right, exactly. I mean, what are we looking at? What's the end result? I think we've talked about this before, but the idea is what do we want? We want to be right or do we want to achieve something? you know, amazing, incredible, fantastic. This is an adventure we're on, so why don't we just go for it? You know, it's it's this idea of change comes when we change. Yeah, and we yeah. are on an adventure. And um, I think we're going to have to crack on a little bit because yes. we had to do it because of weird time zones. I have to finish by this a certain time. But I did want to, before we look at the symbols, I did want to mention quickly that this will be the last lunation with um, the nodes in the second decan of Cancer and Capricorn. Um, after this month, um, they're going to move back to the one to nine degree mark. And the nodes on this new moon are at 10 degrees again, which as Jen's talked about, the one of October being a one and um, all that kind of thing. So I think that's significant as well because the nodes are always, a turning point as well so, uh, so right and we're the, definitely at another turning point here <laughs> right and the 10 you know besides being a one of new beginnings the 10 is about balancing the masculine and feminine about allowing ourselves to be informed by the divine so we can live physically with that energy of new beginnings of uh, shifting into something saying right i'm over with that crap i'm moving forward and so i think you're absolutely right we have quite a few tens in motion for this right it's a 28 day we have the 10 yeah. of the nodes and of course the 10 of october mm -hmm. and it's a triple 10 right there so uh very fascinating yeah. it is and then after this month we we start going nine we start counting down literally because the nodes always move retrograde motion overall yeah. So it'll be nine, eight, <laughs> seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and then they'll shift into Gemini and Sagittarius. So we've got some major shifts coming um, over the next few months. But let's look at the symbols, if that's right. Yes, but before that, I just wanted to mention a little bit more about the Mercury retrograde, mm -hmm. uh, because the retrograde is in Scorpio. This is an opportunity for us to come to terms with, besides what comes out, come mm -hmm. to terms with our own hidden uh, 
uh, secrets. Like sometimes we do things, we don't even know we're being manipulative. We do it because we have a certain agenda. And I think we are going to have an opportunity to come to terms with the fact that we are human. We don't need to be perfect. Uh, but we can live a much better life when we're honest with ourselves. So often, I, I mentioned it as buried treasure or your inner gold. But sometimes that inner gold is recognizing well, you're not always like nice and fluffy, love and light. <laughs> anyway. Thank goodness. That I would know, be boring. Goodness. Oh, wouldn't it? Oh. So you go ahead and read your um, symbol first if you've got it. All right. Yes, yes. Let me just pull it up here. The pounding of the sea. And that would be at five degrees of Scorpio. It's the keynote is the inertia of all institutionalized procedures. Can I just say that the symbol is a massive rocky shore resists the pounding of the sea. So. Oh, I missed that part. So, okay. <laughs> I didn't, I must have not cut it out, but yes, say that again. A massive rocky shore resists the pounding of the sea. So, excellent there's, there's an element of standing solid here you know right yeah. of what we've been talking about right all the yeah. fixed energy yeah um so the keynote the inertia of all institutionalized procedures uh slow is the rise of the land from the vast ocean but once it is formed it develops a formidable resistance to change in spite of storms likewise once a culture has expressed its basic symbols and its particular way of thinking, feeling, and acting in concrete institutions, these change very slowly indeed. The individual who came to the great city soon finds his life set by the rhythms of the city living, which obliterate vaster life processes and the moving tide of evolution. So it's about binding uh, and resistant the communal ways of life can become. It's about how... Oh, how binding and resistance. Yes, how binding. Yeah. So there's a strength and stability, and these are necessary factors in the social life of man until new horizons beck beckon. And the key word is stability. This speaks to me of the kind of um, resistance of what's collapsing around us. You know? Right. People are I trying agree. to hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what what is key is to hold on to what is true for us so yeah. come back into ourselves as opposed to worrying about what this is what we've been talking about like mm. who are we and what do we need what is our stability what is our rock that is going to remind us of who we are in this changing times and um the chandra symbol is an interesting one for me uh, because it kind of speaks to what I've just been writing about in the book I've just finished writing, but um, it's um, an Egyptian queen with a braided beard bearing intact ancient faculties of an unusual kind held between polarities, fusing together darkness and light, masculine and feminine, earthly and heavenly, an enigma or riddle of destiny. You are motivated to bring together what has been rent asunder by an implacable force of blind determination. Exceedingly resistant to distraction and diversion, you're almost maniac maniacally uh, committed to reforging an initiate's vision in contemporary application. Where the past is held with such undiminished force, it remains at work inside forever. To tap this place wisely and well requires consummate skill. Otherwise, it tends to be self-serious, obsessive-compulsive, and in many ways, indigestible in its obdurate reassertion of ancient codes, with so little sensitivity to the human factor. Wow, that's kind of really deep. But <laughs> but it, to me, it talks about not not just throwing the baby out with the bathwater really it's it's kind of going really deep to um to bring up the best of what you desire to um to move forward in this contemporary application we can't go back to the past but we can bring this ancient stuff in a in a very deep way um 
Right. Yeah. I think for me, when you say, you know, it just, it's like, there's a lot of things that have value that we've pushed aside mm-hmm. uh, in order to fit in. And now these things are coming into our awareness and we have, to, they're giving us like, hold on to this. Uh, and I was just thinking as you were talking about how important it is for us to kind of expand our heart space so we can uh, have the strength to see a bigger picture and know that it's going to be a difficult um, you know, ride. There's going to be a lot of surprises. Mm. Humans don't really like change. You know, we like oh. to just stay the way it is. <laughs> we're getting all this support from the past and the present and all of that, but to be present with your heart open going, show me what I need to know. Let mm. me be curious. Let me enjoy this. It doesn't really matter what's happening. This is what an adventure is, right? You're on the high seas. Sometimes the weather's rough. Sometimes it's amazing and you're still, you're still on the boat. You can't get off the boat. So I love, I love, I love this expression though, fusing together darkness and light, masculine and feminine, earthly and heavenly. Um, as I wrote the book that I've just finished, um, I, I had to change it. I was asked to write a book for, from using non-binary language, but all this other stuff came through about, um you know in under the patriarchy we've believed we have these polarities we believe everything is separate and opposite and really nothing is science is discovering we're all in entanglement and um and everything is connected so even though there are seemingly opposites really we are fused together and we're being asked to and scorpio is about deep bonding as well so um so i love that phrase in there yeah. Right. In Scorpio, the thing about it is trust, right? Yeah. We have to trust in the depth of who we are, trust that we have the tools we need, trust that we are strong enough. And to, trust to others. Change. And trust Right. Others. Trust others. Absolutely. Very much so. You know, yeah. if you think about the fact that you're talking about other people's money or sexuality and all of those things, the, the common, right, the common, uh, uh, Thing there is trust that you're trusting that the other person is is supporting you and that you're doing this together and that you're safe and it's okay to take this journey mm. okay so we have a question <laughs> so thank you rachel um, for your question she rachel says i'm a faithful listener and so grateful for your uncanny podcast i love that uncanny yeah I always, feel, I always feel more attuned to what is happening in my small world in the and in the global experience the only thing that could make it better would be weekly <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i don't think that's going to happen <laughs> i don't know how we'd fit that in <laughs> but um i have a question you often reference a significant astrological event in january 2020 but i really don't really know what it is can you provide a refresher for those of us who aren't up to speed on big astrological events? Well, we're going to have to do it quickly. We'll be talking about it a lot more as we approach January. But I'll just say quickly exactly what's happening astrologically. Um, we have an exact conjunction on January the 12th, um, 2020, between Saturn and Pluto at 22 degrees. But also at that point, we also have series remember we've just looked at series at 22 degrees uh, mercury at um 20 almost he he just moves to 23 but let's say they're all at 22 and the sun also at 22 at some point they're all at 22 um all on that day and so we meant briefly mentioned the number 22 i'll let jen talk about that but from the astrological perspective this is the ending of some major, major cycles and the beginning of some new cycles. And it's going to bring a palpable shift. There will be a time, you know, we'll look back and go before January 2020 and after 2020, because new astrological cycles always bring new. And this so many ending and beginning. And right after that as well, then we have Jupiter meeting all these planets. And then we have um, Pallas Athena and then Mars. So it's going to keep happening as well. So, But the major thing that most astrologers are talking about is the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. That happened last in Capricorn 
in 16 something or 15 something. 15, it was 1500, so at least least 500 years ago. Yeah. So it's not something that happens every day. Yeah. Major. And it's at number 22. (laughs) Which is highly significant. So yes, it's a a very rare conjunction for us as humans. Mm -hmm. We know that Saturn is about institution. Mm-hmm. And and government. So this is basically an upending or breaking down of old institution, old government, old ways of being, old ways of thinking, and even religion and money and all of these things. So we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, and it's an opportunity for us to to do something different, mm-hmm. be someone different, live differently. As far as the 22, this is a very powerful number that's played a lot of, uh, has been very significant in the last three or four years. And of course, 2020 is the number 22. It's a master number that is about peace. It's about harmony. It's about designing or being the architect. It's called the architect of peace. Mm-hmm. And it's about designing the life you want to live or the future or where are you going with this uh, and that's really the key. It's it's 22. We have two twos next to each other. That's about balance. It's about the masculine and feminine. It's about all of these ideas of uh, bringing things together, bringing harmonizing, and some of what Lou was talking about in terms of the um, polarity. Polarities. Well, you know, because you have two, so the opposite. Where is it on that line? that runs between two different two the light and dark or whatever it is, male and female, where is it on the line that you root and come together and bring enough of what you need, enough fire, enough uh, intuition, enough, enough desire to actually activate because two is about bringing things into being. It's about uh, yeah. connecting the dots it's about community it's about setting boundaries all of these things that we are having issues around and when you put two twos together it's making four so designing what you desire designing a life of peace like how do i get to peace how do i get to a stability or balance or being able to be respected for what i say without being trampled on all of these issues we are working through this is what we are being given we are being given this slate where we can shift the um, energy around how we're activating or bringing to life new ideas because that's really what the four is all about we are having a better vision a better understanding a bigger heart space a more activated mind that goes oh i could be arguing with all these people about all the stuff or running away or doing whatever i do or i can just be very focused on I have an idea who wants to work with me on my idea. I believe in this kind of, you know, talking about creating new land or new, what do you call it? Communities that work together. It's about that compromise when you're not compromising what is important to you. You're being heard. You get all of that. You get your respect, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But you also recognize this is how we do it. I leave behind my emotional immaturity or um, whatever I'm kind of my imagination about what I think is happening to me. And I focus on what I'm actually doing and creating. Mm. And that's the power of the 22 and this energy we're moving into. It's about the collective. Sorry. It's definitely about the collective. And I will say, you know, I I kind of used a phrase in in one of my uh, daily articles the other day that, um, this is one big bag of nails in the coffin of the patriarchy. <laughs> and by the patriarchy, I mean all the things Jenna's talked about, that the way we've set our institutions up and the way we've looked at the world from this very um, linear separatist kind of um, view. Um, I've just written an article, actually, that was published just last night um, for the Cosmic Intelligence Agency, you can anybody can read it it's on my louise eddington astrologer page that i'm quite proud of because um capricorn where all these planets are lining up for all these new cycles is actually um I, i'm trying to move away from the feminine and masculine because we are um trying to you know realize that we all have feminine and masculine within us so the the capricorn is actually a night energy or feminine energy and that's kind of been forgotten 
under centuries of patriarchy. Capricorn um, is represented by um, the sea goat. And we've lost the sea bit of the sea goat because the sea goat's an impossible creature. The, the top half of a goat and the tail of a fish. And if you go back even further to older kind of myths um, than the, the one most people um, look at where uh, the sea goats left the sea and just became kind of just goat. Um, in, in older myths, there was the figure that spent day on the land and night in the sea. So they were combining the two parts of them. And I, it's my opinion, and, and I won't go through all the bits of the article, that we're, we're actually reclaiming the tail of the fish you know, with all these. Right. Yeah, exactly. The ability to live on both sea and land. I think that's a great way of looking at it. It yeah. sounds fascinating. I did want to just add this one little piece that feels uh, significant. And I think that we have mollycoddled the patriarchy. Oh, We've we allowed have. people to, men in particular, to set the agenda and tell us what to do and we fluttered around them saying oh whatever you want whatever oh, i can't get ahead because you're whatever you say and oh we've completely that's... supported it as well right yeah. exactly yeah. Uh, yeah we've supported it by saying i'll give you whatever you need so you can yeah. be there so you can help me and it was all like okay just move out of the way buddy i'll yeah. take care of myself right uh, and still being kind and all of those things but we don't want like to be I'd like to see us to move back to how some ancient cultures um, kind of governed by having a circle of equal male, equal female. And I'm sure we're moving in between. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're moving into a collective government yes. where people are representatives that actually know what they're talking about and are connected and no one person is in charge. Uh, and that's very interesting because I just in Portugal they actually had a new election and they have a very mixed government, and so that's what they have to do, right? You've got all these different ideals, and you that yeah. they are very the person who's kind of the leader is going. We need to make sure that we get what we need yeah. that is for the greater good, not just the ego. Right. I'd like the leader just to be this kind of spokesperson for the group decision. Right, and he's take turns. <laughs> Yes. They take turns. Take turns. Yeah. Uh, take the turns. Stick, have the talking stick. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the one is above the others. Yes, we need to go. Yes. So, <laughs> Jen, how can people find you? <laughs> well, they can find me on uh, agendashen.com. They can Google me. I'm on Instagram and uh, I do YouTube videos. I'm on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and if they're interested in my cards, they're on my website. Cool. And yeah, that's it. Well, same here. LouiseEddington.com is my website. Um, there's links on the homepage and on the work with me page to always to work with me, including free, like on the podcast. And um, I have a membership site too. Um, I will say that my membership levels are going to change. I'm 60 on December the 14th and I am going to gift myself with with updated memberships levels and raising um, some prices slightly. So anybody who joins now will be grandfathered in. So check out my membership site. And um, my book, Modern Astrology, is on Amazon. If you have it, give us a review. If you, ha- if you like our podcast, please give us a review. Weirdly Magical Podcast. And um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page. You can follow my personal page. Planetary Magic Cafe is my group. I'm on Instagram as well, but just Google my name and it's kind of pretty obvious where I am too. So, all right then. So it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>